Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Yeah. I'm pumped, man. I am freaking pumped, you guys. It's a great episode today. It is uh, it is a current events episode. Hold on. Before I do that, this is the Fizzle Show. Actionable, articulate, and entertaining conversations about running a business in the modern world. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. Your hosts are, there's four of us today, Barrett Brooks, he's the head of growth here at Fizzle, Steph Crowder, our director of member success, Corbett Barr, our experienced CEO, and me, Chase Reeves, the uh, sort of heart and chutzpah creative director. All of us work here at fizzle.co. We're going to tell you more about that later on in the episode. So listen, on the week, uh, on this week's episode, okay, we're going to explore a handful of current events, all right, sharing some news of our own along the way. So here's some of the things that we cover. Just a couple for you. Co-working experiences evaluated, uh, ideas for telling others' stories instead of your own. Also, a quick little mastermind trick that my friend showed me. It's going to be great. You're going to like it. You're probably never going to forget it. We're having a great time. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 117. I'll be back after this to fill in any gaps. Well, today, what we have for you on The Fizzle Show. We're, uh, we're going to do another episode of Current Events. So it's been a while since we did the Current Events style episode. I think we've done two of them in the past and they got really good response. So we used to call it our job on it? Current Events episodes is uh, kind of go around the horn and share what's new to us or what's new in the world and kind of uh, throw out a bunch of things that you might find interesting. So that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. And we got Steph with us here. Steph, are you excited about this? You nervous about it? How are you feeling? Man, I have so many, so many emotions going on. I'm excited. I'm nervous. <laughs> this is, this is both of them. <laughs> this is when you get hazed, by the way. <laughs> I, I can kind of feel that coming on. I'm, I'm trying to brace myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, okay. She's got a lot of emotions going on, guys. So, uh, listeners, let's make Steph feel right at home. Let's tweet at, what is, what is your, Steph, at Steph Crowder underscore, right? Yep. That's right. So, at Steph Crowder underscore and just yeah, say, tweet you're doing me. such a great job. Tweet, tweet Steph, would you? Tweet, 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 tweet. All right, Barrett, you, you got, you got the idea for, uh, for current events. So, I, I would love, I would love to give you the honor of, of kicking us off here. All right. I'm going to kick us off. So, this is maybe the most recent thing on my list of things, which is Gumroad, one of our favorite online payment processors and uh, digital product delivery. Uh, they also do phys- support physical products now, but the announcement they recently made is that they are in beta testing for affiliate support. So this ties right into our last episode on affiliates and Gumroad, I hope, is doing it in a way that is elegant and the new internet way of doing business as opposed to like the old, you know, some of those marketplaces that we talked about last week as far as how they manage affiliates. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. I know a bunch of fizzlers are trying it out and uh, we'll see how it goes. So is it a, is it a closed beta or how are people getting on the list? So you can get on the list by emailing either Sahil at gumroad.com or Ryan at well, just email the CEO directly. Yeah. What just, happens. Yeah. Just email. Them. Well, they both, they both tweeted okay. that. Really? So that's their right. own fault. Okay. And now we're going to tell everybody to email them. Got email it. your congressman. And you should do that by the middle of July 2015. All right. Sounds good. All right. So now now we just did an, uh, an episode on uh, affiliate stuff. That was right. But that was the last one, right? So that was 016. 
Yep. Yep. Or 116. So fizzleshow.co slash 116. If you have a product for sale out there and you want to know how to run your own affiliate program, you can use Gumroad potentially to do that, to, to sell your product and run an affiliate program through them, which is that that's really cool because the truth is what this does is now you can, you, Gumroad I, is one of, is my favorite place to sell sort of like, for instance, digital products or something. Like, I think that's all they do, right? It's digital stuff, right? So I can, you can do, you physical, do physical, now physical too. Physical too? Yeah. So I've, so yep, just I've that got a, a PDF or a handful of Photoshop templates or something like that. I can go on there. I can sell those for $15. And, uh, and now what I can do is I can empower you to get a commission of the sales that you bring to me through, yeah, a, through without needing to sign up for other stuff, without needing to deal with all the other crap. Like that's a pretty big deal. And I know when we have recommended Gumroad in the past, that's been the thing that people are usually most hesitant about. Okay. Yeah. I heard Gumroad's awesome, but they don't do an affiliate thing. Yeah. Um, and I worry that, you know, down the road, I'll want to add affiliates and blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. that's what's held a lot of people back. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. Like we talked about in that in that episode, it could be super douchey to do affiliate stuff, but the truth is there's a bunch of people out there who have audiences that are very similar to yours and and or that that would that your product would fit in. This makes like a ton of sense because really it's just like, hey, I wanted to promote this product to you and when you buy it, I get a couple bucks on the back end. It's pretty great. So that's good. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good. That's a good thing to add, uh, Barrett. Uh, you a little segue I like that there. Little segue. So, so uh, Corbett, you're up next. What's a what's a cool thing you've you've found recently? Well, I think we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't mention ma- major changes that have happened in the world um, in the past week or so. Last week was kind of a big week for politics, mm. and um, I saw this this GIF that went around. Um, oh. It's a picture of Obama holding an eagle. It says, "Knock knock." Who's there? Gay rights, affordable health care, and this bald eagle, mother. It's Obama standing at somebody's front door. Well, I don't understand it because, frankly, what it seems like to me is that Obama represents everything that's wrong with this country. Exactly. You know, I mean, in the recent court cases, or or just proving the point, right? Regardless, regardless of what you think of Obama, um, at Fizzle, I believe that we're big fans of equality and inclusion and respect for people. And um, we're all pretty happy about the ruling by the Supreme Court last week, um, which allows people to get married in this country. And um, speaking of, uh, on a similar topic, a friend of mine, Leanne Pittsford, uh, I've mentioned her before. She runs an organization called Lesbians Who Tech. And um, she just announced today, actually, um, Mark Andreessen's, I believe his wife, Laura Ariaga Andreessen, um, runs a foundation. And they just announced that they are um, giving a $250,000 inclusion grant to Lesbians Who Tech. So they have a uh, foundation that's set up, and they're trying to create more inclusionary grants for all kinds of organizations. And uh, I'm happy for my friend, Leanne. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy for my friend, Scott, who works at Apple, and he got to get his picture taken there with Tim Cook. They both had the uh, colorful, the rainbow Apple Logo, uh, logo shirt on. I thought that that was actually one of like of all the things that I saw. Like I was, to me, I look at I look at, at at this Supreme Court case. I'm like, oh, good. Like now the whole now apparently the whole nation's caught up to where most of us were 15 years ago on this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just felt like, uh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that that was even like a huge massive struggle for you like everybody all the time. You don't read Facebook ever? I do, but but <laughs> but really, when I saw when I saw my my friend working at Apple. With with Tim Cook, it was just this really cool moment, and and I wanted to share a couple great headlines from the Onion about this. Uh, Supreme Court on gay marriage, sure, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> 
Report, only 47,000 social justice milestones to go before the U.S. achieves full equality. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Sure. Who cares? <laughs> That's tight. Okay. That's good. Uh, Steph, we're on to you. What do you, what do you got to share? Well, just as a segue from the uh, what happened on Friday, the Supreme Court ruling, it was an awesome weekend in Chicago because it was the official Pride weekend. Mm. So that could not have been better timed, which was really uh, remarkable <laughs> that we happened to have the, the parade here in Chicago right after that happened. So that was very exciting. Um, and I certainly have a lot of people that I'm friends with and, you know, just people in our community here that uh, I'm very happy for too. So that was great. And it was very cool to be part of that here in my city. Um, for me, though, kind of on the topic of community, probably not too surprising that that's what I'm talking about as our, you know, member success person. I have recently uh, become part a, of a, a community here in Chicago called Soho House Chicago, which is awesome. It's a community for creatives. And I've had a really awesome time just getting to know more people in the creative industry here in Chicago. So Soho House is a uh, network of different sort of part co-working, part um, like eating and drinking and meeting space. And it also has a hotel and social club component to it. And it's been really great to, uh, it's pretty new in Chicago. It's only been around for about a year. And I was recently accepted as a member and it's been awesome to just do some co-working there and meet with other entrepreneurs and creative people who are building really cool stuff and get to tell them about Fizzle and uh, just rub elbows with some people who are like-minded. So um, I know there's one in New York and they're actually building another one in San Francisco. But um, for anybody who's listening and thinking about co-working and I know I needed to get out and talk to people a little bit more because I was sort of in that place where I would like pop down the street for a coffee and somebody would make eye contact with me and I'd be like, hey, how are you? How's it going? And I was like stalking down anybody who would speak with hey, me. Hey, talk so to me, please. It's been <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it's been great to uh, to just be with people who are in a similar headspace and living a, diff- a similar lifestyle. So that's been what's, pretty cool. What's your guys's like um, experience with co working? Have I know Barrett? You did it for a while. What did you? You ended up like mm. bailing on that. What was your situation? I did bail. Uh, Mostly it was just that Atlanta traffic is not worth Mm -hmm. going anywhere. And I think in Atlanta, there's like very different types of co-working spaces. So there's one called Atlanta Tech Village, where it's like the very startup-y Yik Yak is based out of there. (laughs) And we know what you think about Yik Yak. I don't know, whatever that tells you. (laughs) Yeah, which I don't think about all of Atlanta Tech Village. I like their founder and I like a lot of the people there. And also there are a lot of people that, you know, whatever. Uh, and then there's like the more suburban type co-working spaces, which is more, I don't know, older people running traditional small businesses and just not kind of the crowd that I hang out with. And then there's co-working spaces like in the city down by Georgia Tech, which is a big school that produces a lot of computer science people and engineers and things like that. And uh, that's just really hard to get to from where I live. So my experience has been that it's more of a pain than it's worth. At least in Atlanta. I mean, we had that that co-working experience here in Portland when you guys were when, when Barrett and Steph came to town for a week and we we sort of rented a co-working space. The thing is, is it was just like a it was like a morgue in there. It was, yeah, it was cold. It, yeah. was, it wasn't very it was inspirational. Nothing on the walls. It yeah. was the, you want to stay quiet. We were just in this little conference room and we were loud and making we it sweaty to, and like hot. it was it was just uh, it, it was like oh I get it. You wanted to create like so co-working to you means like everybody has their own little space and we don't like sort of it's right. like like I I recently I, last yesterday I had a buddy over to my house because we've got this this new great house. It's air conditioned and it's hot as crap in Portland right now. And I'm like, dude, come work at my house. And I thought about my friend in in LA who runs this like, 
coffee shop out of his little apartment during the day, like in the morning time from like eight to nine or whatever. You can come by, he'll make you coffee. And it's just like you can kind of work at work and hang, hang out around there because he's got like a more of a loft, like cool, like uh-huh. industrial area thing. And I was like, we yeah. could be doing that a hell of a lot more often, you guys. Just hanging out at one another's houses yeah. so that when you go like, hey, what do you think about this? What if you saw that? You know what I mean? And this is my buddy who worked with me yesterday was a, is an artist. And so we just had great ideas for things. And he had, he had things to process and I was helping him. It was it was great. So, yeah. So, yeah, it helps it. Like Soho House, for example, is like the most inspirational space. I mean, every time yeah. I'm in there, I feel like I'm in Downton Abbey and I want to move in. It's like it's gorgeous. It's actually an old belting factory in um, something called like the Fulton Market District here now, in Chicago. Now, belting so sounds like something super- that happens during the Pride Parade. Is that sort of a, <laughs> is that a mainstream thing or? <laughs> that's 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 open to interpretation. Um, but no, it's it's beautiful. And also on top of that too, there's a, a heavy social element to it, which I think is important <laughs> because you'll be sitting next to somebody and like working for the day and then you can like pop over to an event that they have in the evening and kind of blow off some steam. So it's pretty cool it, as far as You're giving me goes, so much work over here. It's a heavily <laughs> social. <laughs> You can blow off like, your steam. Come on, guys, join our belting club. So, so you know, you know what's crazy about this whole thing, this conversation we're having right now. It's it's one of those things that has changed so fast that we forget that five years ago, co-working was like not even a word that people knew. Yeah. And now there are all these options in towns that you can go to because mm-hmm. the nature of work has changed. Yeah. All these people true, now actually. are working. I for never themselves. thought about that. It is it is a representation. It's a validification or whatever it is uh, of holy crap, like take a step back and realize this has become a massive trend because, and in order for that to have become a trend, work ne- needed to have changed before that. Right. And so we're like way further on the on the work has changed so, path than maybe I was So people thinking. are working for themselves. Uh, there's a ton of people when you yeah. go to these co-working spaces who work for companies, they just are remote, you know? Yeah. And the other th- crazy thing is when co-working started, it was a lot like the place we went to in Portland yeah. last week, which will remain nameless, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which It was just drab and whatever. But yeah. now with Soho House, and I guess they've been around for a while, but also WeWork is this organization, like multi-billion dollar co-working organization. Yeah. Um, that has multi-billion dollar, yes, really? they are. They just raised a ton of money. They've got like, what, 10 locations? Are they, inter- they're probably international. Maybe 20 now. I don't really? know. They're o- yeah, they're opening here. Billion yeah, Chicago, they have they have two or three locations. Yeah, in a lot of cities. like the thing that sucks about that and that's amazing about Soho is is it has this like even just looking at the pictures of it. Okay, we've got a very clear point of view, a very tr- like a historical sort of sense uh, uh, that's coming through this identity that you become a part of. Versus WeWork's very corporate and it's like look at our neat couches. You know what I mean? When we use them in San Francisco, when mm-hmm. I've seen them, I think they're coming here as well. We use them in San Francisco. We we did a um we did our our elevator pitch thing out no, of their office. That was not even we? close. WeWork builds 30,000 square foot spaces. But which These one are, were we working? Which one, which one did we That get? was just some off-brand. That's the kind of old school co-working I was okay. talking about. WeWork buys buildings, like historic buildings. They yeah, just yeah. bought the Customs House in Portland, which has sat empty for a long time because nobody had the money to renovate it. Whoa. And WeWork bought it and they're going to open in, in October. These are massive really well done spaces the oh, kind okay. of spaces like it's almost as if well, i'm just learning a lot over here you it's know? almost as if you get to work at a facebook office or something like that yeah. or or an even hipper startup like airbnb's office yeah like San you Francisco. can go to work and and but like you get to rent you your ping pong bucks, table from you get them. to do that exactly yeah, exactly um okay so speaking a little bit about uh, uh steph any anything else on on soho house and and the co-working stuff no, I don't um, think so. A couple, couple headlines I wanted to bring up. Supreme Court 
rules in favor of most buckwild pride parade the nation's ever seen. <laughs> that's another onion thing. I saw that and one. Then, and <laughs> yeah, then <laughs> the next day, gay pride parade sets mainstream acceptance of gays back 50 years. <laughs> I love that. Just, it was just like a picture of like crazy, like Xerxes, like wildness going on. Oh, I love it. Gosh, the onion, man. Why would anybody read anything else? And oh, the, that's right. My friends were telling um, me about clickhole. And you could like yeah, I never even thing, I never right? even go to there. I never even go to there. Yeah, because it's just thing, too right? much. It's just too much. Um Chase, yeah. let me sh- I'll share my favorite onion headline of the moment because my husband John just happened to send this to me this morning. It's not related to the same topic, but it's hungover couple unaware they broke <laughs> up last night. Oh, that's good. That's real good. <laughs> the thing you have to the thing you have to know about Chicago is like if you think, you know, your friends like the onion. In Chicago, people love the onion. It's like all people will talk about. Oh yeah, it's from there. Oh yeah, that's right. It makes sense. I yep. was thinking. I, I was thinking like like about like a good headline for the onion would be like local woman finally admits she's a pretty good person. Like you know, like everybody says, I think I'm a good person. You know, deep down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like okay. So um, speaking kind of in terms of the of the on the same vein as as co working and stuff like that. Grant Baldwin, who's a podcaster, has a podcast called How'd You Get Into That, which is really good that we we've been on um and he's just he's a good guy that i met at pioneer nation here last year he was in town in portland just kind of had a long layover and uh so we hung out and he told me about how he's doing his mastermind group now and he doesn't have any calls with these guys they they gave up on they they canceled doing all their calls and instead they just have a slack group that they're a part of and every monday they say here's what i'm going to do this week and then the follow the next monday they're like did i do it or not, and then here's what I'm going to do this week, right? Mm-hmm. So they're kind of doing our check-in, check-out process. But then also, uh, you know, you're, 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 I asked him, like, what are the three things you're kind of doing with this thing? He says, number one, you're getting, you're bouncing around, you're bouncing ideas off of each other, and getting feedback on things. What would you do if a client, so here's here's what a client just wrote, like, what, what should, how, how would you respond, right? Things like that, where you can test it out before you go off into the real world. Um, number number two, you are sort of sharing your successes. You're, you're sharing your wins. Like, hey, we just, this happened for us at Fizzle. We just passed the $1 million mark uh, in revenue, right? Like that's the kind of perfect thing to to share with, uh, with a group like that. Because uh, I think there is something about like, we're not sharing our wins enough in some ways. And I love that forum group in our, in our forums. There's a share your success thing where it's just really fun to, to kind of go through and see people like winning like yeah. and to see people like giving themselves a lot of props for small wins as well as big wins mm-hmm. um and then uh what's the third thing that he said hold on i've got it right here um and then also a place for accountability sort of what i call a like kind of shared responsibility where, you're, where you don't have to go it go it alone so all the things that you would do with a typical mastermind group but except for you're having like an hour call and everybody's said you have to schedule sh- around it you have to i don't know you, you have to, like all of the stuff that comes with that and said this is this yeah. chat app that's asynchronous you just do it and you add it in so ever since i heard that from him i've been thinking about it and i and i and i've actually made some effort towards starting that with a couple of my buddies to do like a mastermind group that's just kind of a group chat yeah it's like a nice add-on even if you do the the weekly skypes yeah or not whatever it's yeah. a nice add-on barrett you guys have that don't you for your mastermind right yep we do a Slack channel and we have our regular meetings. I uh, what, what have you learned? I don't know. Oh, no, I going, shy away from, shy away like, from what? I shy away from avoiding all human contact. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we want to be so efficient with our time and and make sure that we're not uh, wasting time on things that don't matter. But to me, my time with my mastermind group every two weeks, we spend an hour to ninety minutes. 
it's some of the most enjoyable yeah. time of my week mm. and I look forward to it and I like chatting with the guys and I like seeing them on the camera and I just enjoy that. It's community, especially because yep. I work from home, you know? And so, yeah, I get it. Like, cool. Use a Slack channel, use it to get feedback and all that. And if you enjoy meeting with your group, don't run out and say, Hey, we need to stop meeting. We need to have a Slack channel instead, because I think, I you think can have it's both interesting though to well. hear you say that because like, I'm the opposite. Like I've got, we have Corbett sees how we live here in Portland. Like I, like as soon as five fifteen rolls around, my son comes home and it's like, it's a whole new set of responsibilities for me. And then we've got like a hundred friends that come over every given week, you know, mm -hmm. and a hundred engagements. We just, I'm still hungover from a party Corbett threw on Friday. Right. And, and it's, it, and so to, the last thing that I want is another, like I want more like just not talking, chilling, being by myself and to be able to say like, Hey, how does this headline hit you guys? Or what do you wish you knew about like using email as a business before you got started? To be able to have a place just to do that, that I realized that was like a huge trick for me to see like, oh, that would be insanely valuable and I sense it. So when I'm always kind of like drab about mastermind group stuff, it's because of, it's because of that. It's because it's like so draining to think of moving a conversation forward like that to me most of the time, you know? Yeah, and I, I mean, there is some like, entropy or something that happens with mastermind groups where after a while you find that oh somebody didn't show up this week and then oh let's just push the meeting to next week and yeah. sometimes that happens um the really good ones though stay strong for a long time and i think that's because people are making progress yeah like when you find yourself not wanting to show up it's because you're not making progress it's kind of like yeah when you stop wanting to go to the gym because totally. you're not making gains anymore or whatever it, and to be honest it's just because you know you hit a little bit of a barrier and you're kind of giving up um but regardless, um, that's it. I, yeah. One, I one of the things that made me think about, though, is when Grant was telling me about it, I immediately was like thinking, OK, I know I could do that. I know I could find people to do that. Mm -hmm. I could probably if I if I I'm probably could be brash enough to, to hunt anybody down that I would want. So who do I want? You know, and I was thinking about that. And so to me, what I landed on, I felt these two dogs that were within me. One of them was like the the better for um the like the like business route and the other one was kind of like the the sort of like I, I don't know whatever the the more heart focused route I guess for lack of a mm -hmm. better term and as I've been thinking about it the more I'm uh, the more I'm interested in to, in basically there's situations I've found in my life where the world can kind of open up to you the universe or whatever the world gives you an opportunity you just lucked out and the door opened and you're going you're walking through it like you're just already walking through it before you realize if it's in the right path or not. And But when you're young, when you're doing stuff, you have to take every opportunity that comes your way. But now as more opportunities are are, are given to, to myself, to my, my friends and things like that, I'm like, what I like, what I want this group to be is a place where I know what you want, what you're really about. We've, co we've covered that. We're, we know, and you know what I'm really about, what I, my, who I really am and what, what I'm about. And we kind of keep each other we keep each other focused on heading that way versus but, just but to me that's the whole point of a mastermind group i think yeah the, the goal should be to find those kinds of people if if you're in yeah. a group with people that you don't feel like you can open up with it's like having a, a bad therapist or something yeah, yeah it's guess, just not yeah. going to work so out. so maybe it's a non-issue in some ways like yeah. it's always gonna it's always gonna end up being that you want to find your people who energize you and and push you and, if it's and not you know, that you'll leave yes it'll just happen naturally i think so but i found that i found that for me like I, i've always had this feeling because because um, and, and a little bit of a, of an unnatural dichotomy, maybe, maybe not, not necessarily true, so to speak, or, or a false dichotomy. 
uh, where I come from this design world where everything's like, you know, all these like whatever designers were like, ew, you know, being all salesy. Why are you being like that right, right. now? You know? And then the business world where, where I somehow got like relationships and connections with out in the really the blogging world, like through Chris Pearson of DIY themes and, and Derek and a handful of other people and you. And then, and like we started and, and I had relationships in both of these places. And I always had more success in the business world than in the design world. And in the business world, I was successful as a designer because I knew how to speak their language in right. some ways. But these two worlds kind of represents two. They, they represent two paths to me. And for me, the pro, the the project is always to try to integrate those and try to do them both, like as well, a, as a whole person. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's what's been like. That's to me. That's part of the question that got raised for me when I was thinking about who could I, who would I do this with, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I, because I thought, I, I kind of felt a little bit guilty wanting to go with like these closer friends of mine that I would like who all run successful businesses. Yeah. But we connect on like, we just have the same humor. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Well, and I think the same is true of Barrett's group. I know it's, it, it's one of the like strongest mastermind groups that I've known a, about for a long time. Yeah. Um, because you guys are all kind of on the same page, right, Barrett? And you all share similar humor and. Yep. Tell, for people who don't. Totally. We don't have a great time together. Group, we, uh, we. So it's Nathan Barry, Caleb Wojcik, and Baron Quadro, and uh, we have a great time together. We enjoy time as friends and Lovers. as uh, kind of colleagues or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, we have as much fun hanging out, having a drink at World Domination Summit as we do on our calls every two weeks that are much more business focused. Um, and then, you know, James Clear will drop in from time to time. But we'll so basically, we just have a good social and business group. And I think it's when you find the intersection of the two where you enjoy time together and you can respect the work that you're each doing. It is what you're talking about, Chase. It's that sense of like, I know where you're trying to go. You don't have to re-explain it to me every time we meet. And our job is to help you get there. And there is like this collective sense of momentum in that. And that's, on, on that's pretty just cool. the last tag on that, I went to to there's a group of friends that I've met at a at a conference a while ago. This is when I was living in the city. And at the first XOXO, I met um, a couple of these guys. And then subsequently, they, they were coming out to the city uh, in San Francisco to for WWDC, the, the Apple Developer Conference. And so this became like sort of a thing that we would do roughly every year as like kind of like a we'd all get together and watch the keynote, but really just kind of hang out and party and stuff. And what's interesting to me is to watch this grow over time. And I, I want to say it to, as a word of encouragement to anybody out there. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, going to conferences and how actually like that can be a really important thing. Like that can give you it's a community important. that you you don't have. Not, not like beyond the, the networking connections and yeah. stuff like that, which all of us in our stories have yeah. is that piece. So that's an essential piece. And this this gives you that. But also just the friendship type type mm-hmm. stuff. What's curious to me is to watch those little seeds grow over time. And to if I could have gone back and had more of that expectation that like, okay, I'm going to go to this this year. And in five years, these relationships will have, will have flourished a lot more. And I don't know which ones exactly. Yeah. Right. We'll just see what happens, but that's the way that you play this game. Yeah. Like that's a pretty big deal. And we were just talking um, today about a conference that um, we're all headed to soon. And the fact that a lot of people we know aren't attending. Yeah. And it makes me sad because I think it, it says something about the reason that those people attend conferences. Sure. Um, and that it's not for the friendships or it's not for expanding uh, yeah. and, and being friends with a lot of people. It's, it's because you're going to conferences because there's only a business focus because you're being paid to speak. Yeah. Um, and because your closest friend is there, your insular group or whatever. Yeah. And, it reminds um, me of that article, the third tier. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. That that was a that was a good one. That's good. 
All right, where are we at now? Yeah, so I think Barrett should go next. All right. Uh, I'll kind of completely take us to a different realm now. And since the last time we did a current events episode, uh, Elon Musk announced that Tesla was coming out with something called the Powerwall, <laughs> which is... A is this Powerwall? Wait a minute, are you talking store, about the Powerwall? Is this an onion headline? <laughs> the Powerball. Welcome to the Powerwall, where you can hit your Powerballs. I'm sure there are right, onion headlines on. about it. But what is it, it is incredible because you can stack infinite numbers of these things on top of each other without them overheating, which is one of the biggest problems in storing solar energy. And with solar energy in general is that when the sun's not out, you have to have a way to access the energy that the sun gave you while it was out. And so he's continuing to drive progress forward with that from a car company at that, which will be interesting to see if he integrates the two or not. But for now, he sold a ton of these things to power companies. What is They're it? Be it's a, it's a battery. Homes. It's like so. It's solar panel incredible. for no. your home. No, it's a battery. So, so basically, it would it would be like um, it the solar panels sit on top, and then you would have like this battery that's would be like the equivalent of a generator when the power goes out. Except for these batteries store the solar energy throughout the day. So we that all got to quit our jobs and go work for Tesla, dude. This is stupid. This is ridiculous. Why is Elon Musk the only one ever, the only one who put, who everything he does, I'm like, we're living in the future. And there's nobody else that makes me feel that way, except for we got to wait like a hundred years for the, for the Supreme Court to go like, yeah, let him get married. Let him get divorced too. This is fine. You know what I mean? Like, and Elon Musk is over here going like, I'm going to space, bitches. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> so that was the other half of the Elon Musk story was, he did have a failed rocket launch this week. It blew up 30 miles above the Earth before he could resupply the space station. So that's kind of a, a big topic of conversation. I have no but, doubts that he'll get there. Um, I'll tell you something. The- <laughs> like, right? Like, none exactly. of us are doubting this guy. Have you seen... And they've had have a you ton seen of the successful Kingsman, missions. Uh, or Kingsman, it's a, it's a movie. Mm-mm. It's kind of like... it's. It, you, you loved it? It was really good. I thought the movie... the the it was entertaining. I, like it. It was, it I was thought the movie was pretty, pretty vapid. But you know what was the best part is what? What do you think the best part of the movie was, Barrett? Uh, it was almost just like it the was. It was actually a totally it. It ridiculous a movie, joke. wasn't it? But it was. But it was funny and interesting because of that. I guess like that was why. Like once I accepted the premise that totally. it was not meant to be taken seriously. That it's not like a real spy agency movie kind of thing it was like oh okay i get the it's the same guy that did the movie kick, kick ass I'll, I'll, I'll just so i don't have to to beep it i'll just say kick ass kick ass. Kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> mrs lebowski <laughs> she does, does that, that sometimes <laughs> okay um but uh so the editing is really interesting but to me the best thing and this doesn't even i don't think this gives away any of the movie because it just starts with it to me this is, it was the villain, Barrett. It was the villain, and it was the story of the villain yep. who goes like, I have given $9 billion to try to save the planet, and I've just figured out that it's never going to work unless we do so I So I have to do this thing to save the planet. To me, that was, the, that was one of the better villain stories I've, right. I'd heard in a long time because to make a great villain, you got to like empathize with them. You want it to kind of make sense. You want it to be like, oh, God, I guess, it's, I guess that's kind of right. You know, uh, it, it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating. That, and so I find that I didn't. It did. It reminded what? me of. Uh, I it, I didn't think finish, about finish. the movie at all. I thought about that, uh, that concept of, of, of Elon Musk, essentially solving all the problems and realizing that none of them are going to be enough. 
Yep, totally. That was exactly the thought I had as I watched it. And uh, it actually reminded me of a book I read, but if I mention the book, then it'll give away the movie, so I won't. But anyway, so I agree. And it's been interesting because I just started reading uh, Peter Thiel Zero to One at the like umpteenth recommendation from a friend. So I finally just picked it up and started reading it. And it's actually pretty good. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's It's a little counterintuitive in the way he presents things, but he presents this like four... Uh, four-part model for optimism in the world, optimism and pessimism. And so you can imagine that I love his thinking of models and all this, but he talks about um, in, uh, what was it? Two types of optimism, definite and indefinite optimism or something like that. And definite optimism is basically what Elon Musk practices, which is the world is going to be better and I'm going to make sure that it is. So here's my plan so that the world gets better. Indefinite optimism is kind of the general realm that Americans operate in, which is, I think the world will get better and basically somebody else will take care of it. Evolution, something. The world's going to get better. I don't know who's going to make it that way, though. And it was just fascinating to think about that. It was like, oh, okay, so I want to be one of those people who says the world's going to get better and here's the plan to help start making it that way. It was just a fascinating thought for me, but he acts that way. He just acts like it's inevitable that he's going to succeed in the things that he does. And so he dreams up what should it's, happen and then goes and does ridiculous. it. It's ridiculous. I mean, he is, he's, he's Iron Man. I mean, he's Tony Stark. Like what's happening in the world? Like we, I feel like I'm in a movie. I feel like I'm in a movie when I read anything about Elon Musk. Yeah. Gosh, he's great. My one of my one of my podcasts that I that I love listening to called Bonanza is my friend Matt and Mike and one of the ongoing things that they have is is they have like they they're putting together teams of CEOs to like for like just like oh, just to like see. who would be yeah. on your team like uh-huh. like say for and then but then they don't know exactly what can they be living or dead I think they I think some of them ha- are dead but they're but they're not for like running the businesses it's for mm-hmm. like obstacle courses and stuff yeah. <laughs> Or like boat races, like <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, so Elon Musk is always on someone's team <laughs> for the boat race. <laughs> you guys should listen to Bonanza. I it like used it. to be, uh, it wow. used to be a show on Five by Five, and then um, you know, I should hey, big shout out to my friends uh, Mike and Stephen, who you know they started their own podcast network and it's growing a ton oh really like, nice. they've got big shows What's it called? it's called relay.fm all right okay so they've got big shows on there that are that uh if they're not announced already there's some of them that are that are coming out and the and like it's it's it kind of seems like they're getting like it's happening nice like it's happening and that's been a dream of of them theirs for a long time uh and it's cool to see that's awesome even though most of the shows are about like mac products or something Ugh. steph rescue us what you got over there <laughs> yeah you guys, I, I I don't know if I should be sorry or not that I have just nothing to contribute on oh, the topic of Tesla. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. So, that's fine. fine. Tell us what's going all on. Right. So the <laughs> female perspective is that Tesla's all for, for dude stuff. Is, yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Little. No, I don't know if that's the case. I just, you know, I just don't even know what I can say that will contribute to take, uh, take everything you guys just talked about. I I will say this is kind of interesting. I was just reading um, recently. This is like kind of hot off the press that have you guys heard that Pinterest has started rolling out buyable pins on the iPhone and iPad. So you can now shop directly from Pinterest, which is not something you could do before. This is just like all kinds of dangerous, at least I think for people like me who really like to use Pinterest, that you now have the ability, at least with some of the pins, to add your credit card and address and then just literally shop the photos that you're looking at straight from the app. But the question is like, is a pin 
enough information for you to make a buying decision? I don't know. I think in some cases, if you're looking at like a beautifully curated room or something, I could see I could see that being huge because you're like, I want that exact picture frame or I want that exact desk in my office. So hmm. I think it's yeah, that is that is I think that is a big thing. I know House has like those little price tags sometimes oh, that yeah. hang down yeah. and you can click on yeah. and find out. But I don't know if you're buying directly through them or if it takes you somewhere. But I mean, this is I think this has been a dream of a lot of people for a while. I know there've been a lot of failed startups for this curated shopping idea yeah. where you'd be able to just find beautiful stuff yep. and um, good for Pinterest. I mean, this probably opens yeah. up a huge revenue opportunity for them. Yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of success in, um, oh gosh, what is this called? I don't even know how to pronounce it, but a lot of fashion uh, bloggers will use like to know.it. I don't know if you guys have heard that before, but there's literally like to know.it is this service where fashion bloggers can link up an account. And if somebody hits the like button on Instagram, all of the product details of what that blogger is wearing gets sent directly to mm. your inbox what? if you like it. So, yeah. So this has like been huge for, I have a lot of friends in Chicago who are fashion bloggers. They'll just make sure that they've loaded into the like to know dot it that, you know, they're wearing, you know, a J crew, J crew dress or something. And then if somebody likes it, they get an email to their inbox with information on how to buy it. So it's pretty, it's really crazy how that's all that stuff is changing and it's making impulse. Oh purchases yeah. Yeah. It sounds like on, on, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a win for, for necessarily one per one, one place in particular, but for like, e like you're just going to have this trend of going to, uh, of like everywhere you go, you can click the button to buy kind of thing. Right. So, yep. Yep. Uh, well, and now and now in your house, you can just tell Amazon that you want something, and yeah. it'll it'll just happen, right? You just tell that that Echo device. Yeah, I guess people are raving about that. They're saying it works pretty mm -hmm. well. Wait, what is it? What's the Echo? device? It's just this thing that sits around. It's kind of like Siri, but it's Amazon's version, and it's always listening to you. And you can just tell it stuff that you want to know or want to Whoa. buy or whatever. Um, and I guess people are are raving about it. I haven't tried it yet. That's but, um, scary. They also have you seen? Uh, Amazon has these like rebuy buttons that you can put throughout your house, like a physical button where if you run out of like, oh soap, my God. you just push a button <laughs> and then it just shows up later. Dude. Well, yeah. I've been, I've been oh using Instacart, which it's just wild. came to Portland like a month ago where it's your shopping. You just do it. You just add all the things to your basket online and of like, we can go, we got a Whole Foods, we got Green Zebra, you got Costco, yeah. you got uh, Safeway. You said it's become a problem. And it's, well, I've only done it twice, but it, like I can go downstairs right now. My groceries are waiting for me on the front desk, oh, porch right are now. They, are they, do you think they're overheating out there? I don't, do you I don't, need to? Do you, need to... I, you know why? Because I ordered them before I was out of everything. <laughs> mm. And I, I'm, not, I'm not getting like chicken and, and broccoli and stuff like that yet. Like okay. This is just like more LaCroix uh, fizzy waters. Because you never know. You don't want to run out of that sort of thing. Dude, I've been drinking those a lot. I've been drinking them a lot. All right, Corbett, save us. They're tasty. Save oh, us. Sa oh, save us. Save Jeez. us. You got one Jeez. more thing or what? Yeah, so um, let's see. I uh, I wrote an article we just published um, this week on the Sparkline, which is the name of our blog at Fizzle, um, all about a guy that we've mentioned a couple of times on the show. His name's Joseph Michael, and he runs a site um, or a course called Learn Scrivener Fast. And I wanted to bring this up just because the process of writing this kind of article was was sort of interesting. Um, I think a lot of times when we sit down to write a blog post, it's this standard process where you come up with an idea or maybe it's based on some work that you've done. And it's really coming like from yourself. You know, yeah. this is information you have and you're you're putting it in a way that people can digest. 
this was totally different. Barrett and and Chase had this idea a while back about us doing more um, user stories and features of other people on the site. And we've seen examples in a couple of places, but this really has been reserved, I think, more for journalistic kind of sites and not for typical blogs. Yeah. So it was an experiment for us. But basically, I wrote someone else's story and it ended up being like 2,200 words or something. And I'm um, basically telling Joseph Michael's story about Learn Scrivener Fast and how he came up with the idea and the struggles he had. Um, and we got feedback. It, it seems like it turned out pretty well. But the way I went about it at first, it, it felt like it was kind of unnatural, hmm. you know, and I hadn't, I mentioned um, a long time ago, I, I had worked on my high school newspaper. That was probably the last time that I did that sort of So are you journalism. like excited about the Taco Bell in the, in the quad area or is <laughs> exactly. it more of like a, like, are you wondering how you're going to fit this into your life? Like, what, how do you feel about it? <laughs> I went to high school before Taco Bell was in the quad, so... <laughs> Um, so I noticed the new vending machine. What are your, what are your thoughts? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they've got, they've got cherry Coke in the vending machine. Um, cherry RC. So, so the way, the way I did it was at first I, I interviewed Joseph just to, or I just had a Skype call with him and it was like, oh, this is interesting. And yeah. then I mentioned to, to you guys and Barrett was like, that sounds like a good candidate for a blog post. So I set up another interview with him. I recorded the interview and we spent like an hour and 15 minutes on the phone. And then I just took furious notes during the interview the yeah. whole time. Like while he was talking, I was like, okay, hold on, let me finish that. You know, or yeah. what did you do this? And I was guiding the conversation, taking notes, recorded the conversation. I put little timestamps in yep. my notes yeah. so that I could go back and listen. And in the end, I never re-listened to it at all. The notes that I took from that hour, basically 90% of the article that you read is from those notes. And I just had to like clean them up a little bit uh, and reorganize them and stuff. So it, it took me a while to kind of like wrap my head around how I was going to write it. But in the end, like one hour long interview turned into a, a 2200 word post that people seem to like. And maybe we'll do it's more of this. Awesome, sort of yeah, it's an incredible post because it, it's just in some ways there's some, like I have a, I have I write these little like quibs on on note cards or, and put them around my office just as like things to remember. Like one of them up there just says, just make gifts. Like when I'm all str- struggling with like, what's this thing going to be? Like if I can get into the headset of just like, let's make a gift. Let's make a gift for someone. Yep. Someone we care about, let's make them a gift. And But we'll do it as and a blog cares? post or yeah. something. And who cares? One of the other one is just tell other people's stories. Yes. And because there's so much that's conveyed through there. And when we're as bloggers, I think, and as podcasters, as, as people who are putting things out on the internet, a lot of times we have this very myopic self-focus that telling other people's stories can get us out of. Um, so that's what I felt in that is like, there was all this incredible stuff. And I didn't even know I was, I, how long I had been reading it. Like it was just interesting kind of tumbling from one paragraph to the next. Yeah. There's something about the story format that just, yeah. it's yeah. like, we were talking the other day, like how when you pick a cat up by the back of the neck, it yeah. just kind of like freezes. Like <laughs> when you're in the story format, like something deep down from being around the campfire, Dude, like five thousand years ago. I'm listening to an uh, a Joseph Campbell audiobook. Yeah, right there now. you go. Dude, it's the jam. the story is so powerful. It's it's intense. And I think we get wrapped up like when we when we sit down in front of our computers, we feel like the stories have to come from our own experience, yeah. and it's so powerful and. I think it says something about you if you're able to highlight other people's stories. Yeah, totally. Um, it it just does something. It's sort of like you know, on a podcast, we could sit here and talk about our brand over and over and over mm-hmm. again, but it would get boring pretty fast. Yeah. Instead, we're trying to explore topics and tell other people's stories and stuff, and it just gives people um, a basis to understand where we're coming from, and yeah. then it makes them you know think 
more highly about our uh, our product, hopefully. Boy, howdy. Definitely. I'm really excited about it too. I think it's like, yeah. it's a new way for us to look at marketing, at least in that we get to look at all of our customers as a potential story we can tell. And I'm excited about what we're going to do in July with storytelling too, with this, this new series we're going to do on the 25 up and coming entrepreneurs to watch in 2015. It's just another chance to look at 25 other stories that might resonate with people in our audience. And I think it's going to be powerful, or at least I hope it is. And if nothing else, we'll learn a lot about our customer base. One of the things I think about with this post Corbett is, and this is something that I experienced, uh, Barrett and I worked together to make this uh, massive, like how to design an ebook, even if you don't have any design skills. Uh, it was just a blog post. And what was so amazing about that was tag teaming the different, like sort of like, research stuff with him like he gave me like here's here's a handful of articles and then he started like from the fizzle community just grabbing like here's ebooks from people who are willing to share screenshots from their ebook yeah and that was all the stuff that would take me like it would literally take me like a week of like how guess what you're gonna resist you're gonna resist that kind of work yep you're gonna just be like well i could even and that's why that post isn't written so the idea of working back and forth because then what what happened is i went through all those all those articles i took notes on what other people were saying and i was and i was like yeah this was pretty good but i was surprised like nobody there wasn't much that was said that was pretty that was that great um that was out there and then then having all of those examples to share throughout like that was what was hard is i it took a long time to kind of create this huge photoshop file yeah. with all of those to process all the images but then what i did after like researching it for a while for like like maybe three hours of of sort of research and looking at the all the different ebooks that I had there, I just, I just fired up an audio note on my phone and I talked for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And basically that like transcribed that. And that's what became the Crazy. post. And, and I, I edited it. I, 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 you know, made things really short and simple. Isn't it weird? I think that is so like instructive about the way our brains work yeah. and how differently yep. they work. I would never, ever take an audio note. Yeah. Like unless maybe if I was driving, and I couldn't write something down, totally. and, and it would only be one sentence long. There's well, no there's, way I would talk to me, for an hour. So this is something that I've learned. For me, is because, what, like for instance, if I, I've done that before, where I interview lots of people, right? But there's me, there's my brain when I'm interviewing. Yeah, I feel like there's there's like I, I'm just such a people pleaser in some ways that like I'm like fully engaged, like fighter yeah, sense, like just trying attention. to, and yeah. I don't know what's being said. Yeah, I'm just kind of engaging. Yeah, and then when I listen back, I can see all my blind spots. Yeah, and I can and I can hear what's really going on. So I've made a, a habit of that, and that's a huge. And also like for me, writing down an idea versus talking yeah. it out. Like I'll have I'll have you know 900 bits of data if I'm talking it out right. And like so much more resolution than if I'm writing it where it's like two yeah. like little things it's that so are interesting. Like, and I, so that's just kind of how I, how I think and process. So, um, while we're on the topic of fizzle and the things that we do, yeah. I don't know if we've mentioned this in a while to our dear audience, but we actually create something. We have this <laughs> community and training library for entrepreneurs called fizzle at fizzle.co and um tell me we, more what does it do we uh we have hundreds of videos that teach people how to wait 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 wait. just like willy-nilly videos just like a video here a video there or or what, they're, how, what pack, do you mean? they're packaged up into courses wait, uh, wait, wait. so i could learn like a very specific thing from a handful of videos you can for example you could learn how to create shareable images for your blog posts which 
Sounds like a wait, simple wait. thing. But shareable images is like a really big trend right now. It is. I feel like I should know more about that. <laughs> it is. What yeah. about like, say, okay, so one of the things that's really big is growing my email list. Yes. Like, do you have anything for me on that? We actually have a full course on how to grow your email list to 10,000 A full course means like a couple of videos or nope. like, and I got to sit and watch it for like nine hours and it's like boring lecture stuff. No, this is uh, a series of short, digestible, three to five to 10 minute long videos. Wait, you're telling me they're action packed? They're action packed with workbooks and action items and- uh, You got to be kidding me. This is good. I like this. <laughs> so anyway- um, we don't need anyway you just gave me the secret to all the questions that i'm struggling with as i'm building my little business over here man that's right and uh on top of that you get to connect with hundreds of other entrepreneurs who are right there in the trenches doing exactly what you're trying to do or a couple of steps ahead well wait a minute like there's there's people in there like some people are going to be like super far some people are going to be early days like how can i find people that are like sort of right at like where i'm at in my business yeah so we're breaking it down by the roadmap from the roadmap episodes we did oh uh, yeah i remember those those changed my life yeah so 100 to 105 Uh i believe um so you can find people who are at your stage in business. So wait, you're telling me I can come into the forums right now and I could just kind of like really easily see between these three buckets and find the people who are in my same exact stage? Yes, but you don't have to take my word for it because as a Fizzle Show listener, we are offering a completely free, no strings attached, five-week trial to Fizzle just for podcast listeners. Well, now I can't trust you because you can't make any money off of that and you're teaching me how to make money for my own thing. So how am I supposed to... What do you, what do you mean? Like, So obviously well, the other foot's, foot's going to drop at some point. You're no, going to start charging me. No, we just right? hope we just hope that you love Fizzle so much that you stick around. You think I'll be willing to pay for this eventually? Well, a lot of people are. In fact, about 60% of people who sign up for our free trial end up sticking around for full membership. Unbelievable. So um, you can head over to fizzle.co slash try five. And wait, wait. So this is the link where I can go get my how many weeks for free? Five weeks for free. Try five. That's why five. So fizzle.co slash try five. You got it. The letter five, the number five, or like letters spelled out. You know what? It doesn't matter. You can do either. Holy crap. You guys think of everything. I bet you would think a lot about like the things that I'd struggle with as a business builder, right? We try to. That's incredible. I mean, just the way you guys process URLs is, is inspiring to me. That's right. So I can go to fizzle.co slash try five right now and I can get five weeks for free, like not even with a dollar sign up or anything. You don't even, do you take my credit card up front? We do. And all you have Why to do, you do, do that? all you have to do is cancel by the end of it um, because <laughs> we want you to, to get in, see if you like it and then decide if you want to. Well, I guess around. if I didn't have a credit card, then I, I could probably just sign up and fool, fool around. You're trying to, if, if I, yeah, I guess if you didn't have a credit card to make life worse for me, because then there'd be a, a bunch of crazy people in there. To be honest, the credit card is a way to prevent people from creating a bunch of fake accounts and getting in there and affecting the quality of our community. Yeah, I, I like that. So you're telling me it's a pretty high quality community. We, we uh, do our best. And that is Steph's entire job is managing the community. Who's and- Steph? Steph, Steph on the podcast. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> come hang out with me. So wait, uh, now uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign up and I'm going to come right in and it's going to be like, I guess I'm going to look around and go like, well, I don't know where to start. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Is, is there any sort of like, you, does anybody like reach out to me or anything? Yes, you can. Um, you can reach out to Steph anytime. You can uh, join one of our complimentary onboarding sessions. Which hold happen- on, what's a complimentary onboarding session? Does it have the little muffins? <laughs> Steph, you want to tell them about that? <laughs> well, so many little muffins. <laughs> 
funny you should ask. So yeah, if you join us, you go to fizzle.co slash try five and you sign up for your free trial, uh, Barrett and myself or one of us will be hosting webinars. Recently in the past month, if you've joined with us, maybe you have been on a webinar with us. We've basically been sitting down with our new fizzlers and spending a little bit of extra special time with them. Um, I know for myself as when I was a new fizzler before I joined the team, I was really excited by all of the features that Corbett's mentioned, such as the hundreds of videos and the forums, but it's definitely a little bit overwhelming at first. And um, we know that it can be very confusing and isolating um, to be building your things. Wait, so, wait, wait, hold on. You're okay. talking about a webinar here. I don't, I mean, every <laughs> webinar I've been, I've been on, they've like, they try to sell me on something at the end of it. Is that going to happen here? No, we're not going to try to sell you. We sell you on finding where you are in the roadmap. Yep. Exactly. Wait, wait. So the ro- so that roadmap that Corbett was mentioning before those hundred that episode one hundred through one hundred and five that teaches that shows me exactly how to build my business, like what the next step is and where yep. I am right now. You guys help me actually individually place myself on that roadmap. Yeah, definitely. And I think we feel like that's probably our number one goal from the webinar is if we can have our new members leave with an idea of at least which of the three phases that they're in within the roadmap, then you'll have a few solid action steps to go and execute right away instead of feeling like you just have a hundred things you could go and do within the community. So that's the number one goal is to leave with a better idea of exactly where you should start. And I'll also say that as part of the webinars, um, one of the things we're doing is some live coaching. So we've had some fizzlers who can either submit questions in advance. We've also had people just hop on the line like we do with our Fizzle Friday every week and just tell us what they're working on and get the opportunity to uh, get some coaching for free with one of us. So pretty cool opportunity for some new people who are joining us soon. And all of and I just so I just go to fizzle.co slash try five and there's going to be some like video or something and but I have to sign up I have to click the button I have to enter my credit card and my name and once I do that what what like it sounds like there'll be like a probably you'll probably guide me through a series of yep. ex- extremely entertaining videos we we have a, a fairly entertaining set of videos to, to introduce you to fizzle and then uh, you will be invited to one of these onboarding sessions and you'll get instant access to the hundreds of video um, lessons in the training library along with the forums, along with weekly group coaching calls where you can come and ask us any questions. I mean, how do you guys even make money? We uh, we have a lot of members and uh, we work really hard to help people make progress on their business. Yeah, but it sounds like kind of a, a, a dumb business idea, right? Because now you have to sell me every single month on like actually staying a member, right? And I can you leave at any time. You must have been the most annoying kid in your entire elementary school. I feel like I learned a lot about my business right then. Jesus. I don't know why you had to bring up the lore. That's some good objection handling there. So to wrap that up. Oh, look the at that. That's, that a, sale, that's was... a sales term. Objection handling. Oh, yeah. That's right. I like that. You sound Bert... like you were head of sales somewhere before. What's just, going just, on? just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Point of that whole thing was, uh, if you listen to this, then you'll also like what we actually do for a living. So you should Check it out, especially if you're starting a business or growing a business, because we probably have something that's pretty valuable for you. Well, I like it. I got nothing else to add. You guys got anything? That was all on my magic list of uh, how's your father for today's episode. How's your father for the day's episode? Well, I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Baird Brooks. I have been Steph Crowder. And we will see you there. Or we'll see you another time. (laughs) With the delay, it just sounded like we all had a stroke. (laughs) It's like, I smell toast. So there you have it. Listen, you can go to fizzleshow.co slash 117 
to get the show notes for this episode. All right, so that's where uh, that's where you're going to find uh, all the links that we mentioned in here. There's a, there's a bunch of them. I've collected them all for you in one place. Fizzleshow.co slash 117. Uh, one thing to check out from there is that uh, the Pinterest's buyable pins thing. That might be interesting to you. You might be able to use that in your business right now. Here's an iTunes review from uh, the UK person named Pillux. Pillux. Back to some crazy uh, you, uh, iTunes names here. Pillux says, Can you create an episode about how to deal with a job you hate without mentioning the word passion at, the, at some point? Yes, these guys and gal have done it in episode 114, full of humor, great stories, and very sensible advice. Thank you so much, Pillux. Pillux. Plux from the UK. I'm glad you liked that. I thought, was, I thought that was uh, we tried very hard not to use the word passion there. Uh, you know our goal here is to help you make progress on your business, not just today, but every single week. We publish this show every Friday. Have you noticed that? Have you you subscribed yet? You should probably subscribe. It's just getting better as we get older. If you leave us an iTunes review, uh, it can help us to get to other entrepreneurs as well. So what I'm asking you right now. Dear listener, can you stop what you're doing, open up iTunes, open up the iTunes store and search for Fizzle and just click write a review for us. I would love to hear your voice. I read every single one every single week um, that comes in. So tell us what uh, what an inside joke is that you like or what your favorite episode was so far or what you're dealing with in your business. Maybe ask a question. And we'll answer it live on the air. Okay, guys, that is it. Remember, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how hot it gets, we're humans. We're in this together. You're not alone. And it's not a win-lose zero-sum game. Make something you care about, folks. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>